Good evening, good evening. You know, it's 7 o'clock p.m. and it's Wednesday night. It's time for the dirty secrets of small business. And I'm Jack Mancini and I'm a business coach with a company called Maximum Value Partners. And I'm here with my longtime business coach partner, Adam Sunhalter. And we're going to put on a show tonight talking about when is the right time to sell your company? When is that? Uh, we got a lot of ideas that we'll pass along to you. And if you have ideas, you can pass them along to us. But what do you think, Adam? That's a good subject tonight with the sun shining in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. Yes, it is. It's springtime has arrived, and there's a lot of new possibilities and new things that, that can happen. It ties in very well with our theme for the show tonight, Jack. And as often the case is, we often t- uh, will tie it into what's happened here the last uh, the last several days or last week with clients and former clients, other folks that we're meeting and talking to. And this theme about the timing and how do I how do I know that the time is right to sell my business? And, you know, there's a lot of questions that go through that. And we'll, t- we'll touch on some of those tonight as we get into t- tonight's show. Before I do that, let me let people know how they can get a hold of us here, Jack. If this is something that you're wrestling with that you've, that you've uh, either been thinking about or perhaps have gotten some inquiries about and you're trying to wonder, hey, is now the time, is the time right now to sell my business? So you can get a hold of us here. We're, uh, we're here in the studio live. We've got Sean sitting by waiting for the phone call. You can get him at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. Uh, you can tweet at us at at MaximumVP. For Jack, you can get at JackMMVP. And for me, it's at Adam Sonhalter. And we also take emails, radio at MaximumVP.com. So lots of ways to be part of the show. Direct what we're saying. If you have examples or questions of your own, we'd be happy to address those. But, again, the, the, the theme tonight, and we're going to start with, is how do, you, how do you know when it's time to sell the business? And... Where this can come at, it can be some deep pondering thoughts you may have had. Uh, perhaps you've got a, a friend or a relative or somebody that that, that that owns a company that maybe has sold recently. Or perhaps you get some inquiry, a phone call. It's going on right now with two, three of our clients. They're getting solicited. Is that the right word? Solicited. That sounds very yes. salacious, Jack. That's right. Well, I thought I'd beat you to it tonight salacious wow that's another tough word we're dealing with tough words lately that's (laughs) anyway for those of you who are new to the show tough words for St. Ed's grads means they're more than two syllables so (laughs) I let him pile them up he has to work hard he has to get 10 out for every one that I do and and the one I do is worth at least 20 that's a singer all right (laughs) anyway yes so yeah, we're we're getting our uh, several of our clients real time. We're spending time talking about the offer, not not an offer, an inquiry from a much larger company doing what's known as consolidating, uh, buying up small companies in certain market niches, and they're basically it's it's flattering to get that. It's exciting to get a big company, multi hundred million dollar a year company in revenue. Uh, looking at your one or two million dollar a year sale company and it's exciting it's an exciting time because you can be made whole pretty much uh, and and retire nicely with with a nest egg that could come from a situation like that 
and two or three of them are really living that that experience right now, and it's a lot of fun. Let me let me, let me interrupt. I want to talk some fancy pants for a second, Jack. Come on, that salacious comment. <laughs> so, people often when we talk our fancy pants folks, those of you who are new to the show, fancy pants are usually more the suit and tie folks. Um, yeah, often could be you know, lawyers and CPAs, those kind of folks. But if if you ever deal with uh, private equity investors or folks who are trying to you know raise lots of money, or maybe you've watched shows like The Shark Tank, um, people often talk about the whole idea of what the exit plan is. Oh yeah, right. And I, I know Jack, that's one of your favorite topics. That's why I wanted to kind of bring it up. This whole idea Thank of an you. exit plan, how 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 important it is to have an exit plan with your business, right? And that's where that's where most that's where most owners of small companies are very focused, especially day one. Is hey, what's that exit plan going to be? What a bunch of nonsense! But go on, I'm sure you'll right. explain it. And I'll right. butt in every once in a while. So, that's with two T's, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not that's only one that's only one syllable with two T's. That's good. All right. So <laughs> so the idea of an exit plan is something that almost never kind of pops into the mind of the owner of a small company. And whether they've been in business for you know six months or, or five years or or a couple decades, it's not something that's at the forefront of their minds. And uh, people think, hey, it's something you should be thinking about. You should be thinking about how you're going to eventually get out of the business. Are you going to are you going to sell it to somebody? You're going to turn it over to family. Again, there often may be some kind of passing thoughts about it, but they aren't in there with the idea of, hey, I need to exit the business. They're in there running it day to day, and they're focused on running the business. So when they get a, a call like this, and, 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 you know, again, it could be a phone call, it could be a letter, it could be an email where somebody's saying, hey, hey, Jack, I, you know, uh, I'd like to talk to you about potentially buying your business. Or they may even make a passing comment to somebody that, that you meet that might, might be a competitor. Hey, Jack, if you're thinking about selling, let me know, you know. And so you, you kind of dutifully smile and nod. It's one of those things like, okay, like I haven't even thought about it at all, but you, you're saying this. And so now, now all of a sudden your mind's spinning. That's and right. It, 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 it's it, it's there. It's percolating for the night, or it goes into the next day, and you're wondering, well, what do I do with this? Do I need to do I need to act on this? You know, what does that what does it mean? Well, usually that letter, if it is a letter, it goes into the top desk drawer, assuming they have a desk, and basically it stays there for another occasion down the line, and it could be years, but it the the, the contact is flattering. It's exciting. So what should you do? Should you grab onto it? Absolutely. Our advice is always take that phone call, take that meeting, have a discussion with somebody. And that can create angst or fear. And a couple of questions that might be going through their mind is, well, what do I say? Or maybe even more important, Jack, is you know, what, what don't I say? You know, the whole idea of, you know, I don't want to let out, especially if I'm talking to a competitor. You know, I don't want to tell her you know, all my all my secrets and how we do what we do here you know so so what do i do yeah you know what questions is she going to ask me you know i I don't want to look stupid like i don't know what i'm talking about you know do i need to have something ready to go should i call my lawyer yeah my cpa or or do i bring somebody along with you know what should i do i'd call my business coach if i were them but they might not have one so but you need somebody to talk it over who's been through it before Who's, who's helped sell and, and buy companies, who's done it themselves, who who has the, the the wherewithal to say, put it all in perspective and and literally coach. Coach what you should talk about. And it's okay to talk about it. Don't, don't give out all kinds of financial information at this meeting. 
but basically find out what they're interested in. Let them who have contacted you define what, what they're looking for and what the agenda will be here. And you're going to find that you're going to get a big rush of blood sugar here because it, it basically <laughs> is going to make you think. And it's an exciting think, and it's a fun think. It's not a daunting think. But when should you sell your company? When somebody contacts you or when? You get tired of it, you want to retire, you get sick, pretty, uh, you know, pretty serious illnesses. Uh, you know, is, 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 that, is, that what you, is that what should trigger wanting to sell a company? What do you think, those, Adam? Those are, all, those are all reasons that people do sell companies that, that you're bringing up. That's right. Uh, many of them are not in your control. There are things that happen that you, that you react to. But you know, I guess a couple of things. You know, again, we always encourage folks to take those those phone calls or those meetings. Uh, it, it's good to have that kind of discussion. And a good guide to think about is you should be doing a lot more listening in that initial meeting or two than talking. That's right. The old 80-20 rule, you know, that applies to so many things, applies to this in terms of 80% you listening and 20% you talking. And we find that usually it's the flip of that because – here you are bringing somebody in and you want to tell them all about your business, how wonderful it is, and your your employees and your products and show them all the stuff, and here you are just yapping away. And often, you know, you aren't sure what to yap about, so you may be nervous. You know, the, the, the blood sugar chemistry you're talking about, Jack, where all of a sudden I'm feeling some nerves and I'm in a, a spot I've never been in before, you know, people often will just start to yap in those situations versus being a little more calm, cool, and collected, having a few questions to ask them. And, you know, wondering, well, so, hey, Jack, thanks for reaching out. I'm, I'm curious how you, how you identified our company as something you might be interested in. Tell me a little bit about, you know, about your story. And, you know, you can share stories. A big part of this, I was just having, having lunch this week with, with a former client of ours where this happened. It's happened three times in the last six months, these unsolicited um, kind of discussions. And she hit it right in the head. You know, the first person she met with, was a total jerk. <laughs> so now it's not, and again, come back to fancy pants stuff. You know, my, you know my, my 10 years on Wall Street, the whole idea is trying to maximize value and get the highest price and the highest return on investment, all this kind of fancy pants stuff, right? Well, when it comes to small business, this is the baby of the owner. The, the owner has typically birthed this thing, you know, 10, 20, you know, 30 years ago, and they want to turn it over to somebody who's going to handle their baby well. So if you're a total jerk or a total a-hole, guess what? Not going to happen. You, you ain't getting the chance to come in. And, I don't care what you offer. They don't want to turn their baby over to you. So very quickly during the kind of get-to-know-each-other process, she determined, hey, this first guy, I'm done with this guy, total jerk, total, you know, don't call me ever again kind of thing. Wait a minute. If they write a big enough check and slide it under your nose, you might just say, hey, to heck with this baby. But anyway, you I, get your, I get your drift, Adam. <laughs> you it's important not to be an a-hole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's advice for the buyer or for this potential that's, seller? That's, that's, a universal, that's a universal right. piece of good, advice. Good advice, Jack. There we go. All right. So, you know, the, the second guy who came to her, she actually really started to enjoy and, and really liked this, this guy. And so what I, I cautioned her, I said, hold on a second to the timeout. So this can be a very emotional process. And one of the advantages, again, when it comes to any negotiation, okay, whether it be buying and selling a company or trying to figure out what you're going to, what, 
what you're going to do in terms of uh, you know paying for your meal, whatever it might be, however you're going to negotiate, how big or small it's going to be. Whenever you're objective and you can walk away so you're not emotionally attached, that puts you in a very strong negotiating position. It sure does. That's the only way to be. But if you're emotional and you're falling in love, so on the on the, 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 the owner's side, if they're falling in love with this potential buyer, or on the buyer's side, if they're falling in love with the potential business here, that's where all heck breaks loose, where uh, people are doing things that are very irrational, like perhaps turning down a big check that gets put underneath their nose, Jack, in that's terms right. of what's kind of going on. Because I don't like this guy, and he's not going to run it like I did. That's right. <clears throat> so, so again, taking these meetings is, is important. It's important to understand the mindset of what's kind of going on. And so a big part of what we start to do is encourage folks to start to have those discussions. I don't care how early on you are. If you have no desire to, to sell today, no matter what they say to you because you aren't done, you aren't ready, take the meetings. You know, and we'll talk about this a little more here in, the, in our second segment. But a lot of things that, that, that you touched on, Jack, that can come up, you know, between illnesses or, 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 or uh, spats that might happen amongst partners. There's different things that might almost kind of force, force the hand in terms of, hey, i got to do something now. That's right. Where it becomes <clears throat> difficult. And if you don't know anything yet in terms of what a, the process might look like or a lot of the other questions we'll get into about, you know, what's the company worth and, and you, know, you know, what do I present? How, how, do I, you know, how do I do all these kind of things? So we'll touch on these things as we come back. So stay tuned. We've got more discussions here in terms of how do you know when it's time to sell your business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I am Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. All right, stay tuned. We've got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way after the break. We're here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm uh, very amazed that you recognize all this music. You and I know you're sending hand signals to Sean and vice versa, because <laughs> I don't know any of it. <laughs> but you guys know everything. Come on, wait a minute. This is a week after we did some karaoke, Jack. I mean, come oh, on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we sang. We might sing it any time, right. whenever the mood hits. So and whenever the words start to form right. You like that song? It's Abercrombie. I reach out and grab you. Yeah, That's I love that. Those are great. Those are great I lyrics. Go, I want to go see him on tour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't wait. Can't wait. You'll be first yeah. in line. That's right. All right. So we're talking tonight about how do you know when it's time to sell your business? And we were framing a little bit in, in the first segment in terms of if you may get some unsolicited folks kind of calling out to you. We'll kind of continue that a little bit because I talked about one example, but Jack alluded to a couple other examples we have of clients where they've been running the companies for a little while, um, and they both are in, are, in, are in industries where there are some bigger consolidators. I'm going to use that's a big fancy word, Jack. That so, is a fancy like word. Consolidators, these are folks who, who buy up lots of companies in the same industry. So they're trying to you know scale things up as people. I'm using a lot of fancy pants words. You are, words I know. Tonight, I'm, I'm going to call you on I know, that's I'm, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to you, I'm gonna leave it to you to be able to interpret for our, our audience what I'm talking about. But they're scaling things up where they, they, they want to buy a lot of these. They bring in a weigh scale? That's right. One of those big Toledo weigh scales you got, right? See, okay. There See, I knew that, that one worked. So, so what they're looking to do is they're looking to, to buy a lot of folks up, 
And what they want to do is they want to buy different marketplaces. And so, and you know, they, they want to have a lot of locations. So what happens in that case is they may overpay because they're trying to buy their way into a marketplace. If, if all of a sudden here we are in the Cleveland area and they have no presence here, they don't, have any, they don't own any companies here, and somebody here owns you know, one or two or three locations of something, they'll come in and buy those. So all of a sudden they immediately have a presence versus starting from scratch. Yeah, you got to think of the logic. Starting from scratch is very difficult. Nothing's established at all outside of maybe some market rationale. But you got to hire everybody if it's going to be a brick-and-mortar uh, location. you got to lay that out and build it and staff it, and, and <clears throat> it becomes quite cumbersome where you can jump that whole curve, and it would take you maybe a year, year and a half, two years to get your company up and running or the, the expansion company. Whereas uh, if you make an acquisition it's worth a premium to pay for that acquisition because everything's already in place. Much easier to assimilate and get moving on it. So a great example, that kind of thing that, that happened, you know, happened probably 15, 20 years ago at, at its peak, was here in this very industry where we're, we're doing right now, Jack, in the radio industry. So you have a company like, like Clear Channel, who is a, a behemoth when it comes to communication companies, and radio is one of their, one of their big properties. What happened was, and for those of you locally may, may know this name, Tom Ambrasia, um, he had a handful of, uh, of radio companies that, that, that he bought over the years, starting here in Cleveland, but in different parts of the country. And we saw Tom speak probably 10 years ago. And, uh, but anyway, th these big guys, they would gobble these things up. They, they'd go in and buy. So if you own one radio station, they'd have a certain price for you. If you own 10, it'd be a higher price. Not only just dollars, because it was a bigger but the multiple of what they paid, if it was multiple of, of earnings or cash flow or revenue, they, they would pay bigger because you had more mass. So there's more stuff there. And it would give them a bigger presence in a certain marketplace, perhaps. Or in the case of radio, maybe give them a you know, presence in a couple different markets that they were trying to get into. Yeah, they have a brand already established, and you're just going to further that process along with, with the, we'll call it infrastructure that's in place. So that's why they're interested in doing this. So and you it's great. It's great for both parties. So a premium price can be generated much easier than to a single buyer or somebody who's kicking tires and you know wants a real deal like no money down or some such thing. And who would do and, such uh, a thing? Yeah, I agree. Huh. Who would? Huh. How do you even do that? <coughs> that's, a, that's, that's a different show, Jack. Oh, okay. All right, we've I think we've done part of that show a couple times before, which people <laughs> can can find. They can find that on, on the, the WITradio.com website archives. They can go to our, our website, MaximumVP.com, under radio shows. Yeah. You can you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes too and hear them there. How do you a lot, buy a a lot of good shows no like money that. down? Yeah, we that's got right. good podcasts, over a hundred of them. So. So but let me come back to, to, to these couple of clients that I was mentioning before, where, where they're both in industries now that are, that are starting to consolidate, and they're a couple of big players in the industry. And there are different, different phases of their businesses. Um, one is starting to seriously consider that the timing might be right for a sale. The other one, not, not ready yet. And this is often the case, too. Again, so, you know, if... If you're in an industry where you have some consolidation kind of going on, you're, and often people are pretty wired in, you hear stuff. You hear stuff. If all of a sudden people are being, are, are being purchased, you start to hear things, and you aren't quite sure what to believe. Because you know, usually what doesn't get published, especially when it comes to, to a private company, they aren't necessarily putting out a big banner to say, here, here's what we paid for the company, right? It was a, a multiple of, of 12 times earnings we paid, we, you know, we paid for this business. And what the heck does that even mean in terms of what, you know, what does earnings mean, right? 
And so there'll be there'll be a lot of chitter chatter throughout the industry about what's kind of going on and who's paying what, what's kind of going on. And so one of the reasons why we encourage folks to take these phone calls is sit down and talk to these folks and, and get to know them a little bit, see what they're about. And coming back to a comment I made in the in the prior segment, Jack, hey, if you don't like the people you're talking to, you may not want to sell to them. That's right. You're no a-hole rule there, Jack, right? That's that's a good rule, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I should keep that one. No, never mind. Well, we'll talk about that on another show, too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so so what, what, what can happen is you want to understand what's kind of going on, understand what their philosophy is going to be, understand what, what they're about, understand how they approach a business like yours. What are they looking for? What's important to them? You know, so when you have some of these these bigger these bigger companies that are that are you know these are called consolidators, they're they're doing roll ups, so they're buying a lot of these things. They usually have some sort of a formula. You know, depending on how many locations you got, what the size is going to be, and if you ask them questions, usually they'll start to kind of talk about it. They like to brag a little bit about what they do, and they're trying to sell you on why you should be considering them as a partner for you. So it's it's something that you can you can get that firsthand knowledge and talk to somebody and engage them. It's great to be able to listen and talk because you, you aren't promising that you're looking to sell. You're you're getting a a sense of what's out there, and how they're approaching things and what do you have to focus on or what's important to them. Well, that's for the for the big company companies uh, knocking on your door. You the the small business owner. What about uh, trying to sell your company to your kids? You uh, finally decided it's time to move on. Your kids are interested in buying it. How do you figure out that one? I guess you do if you want to move on and they want to move in. So now, and we have several clients in that process, and some of them get pretty pretty sticky when it comes down to uh, putting a value on the company and the terms that it's going to be sold on. But how do you know? How do you know as the owner when it is? That right time to turn it over to your kids. Um, how do you know when? How do you know when you're ready? How do you know when you're? Don't ready? you just know, Jack? It's kind of like when you fall in love. You just kind of, you just kind of know. Didn't somebody tell you that when you were growing up? Yeah. You know, hey, how do I know when I meet the woman of my dreams? And they said, Hey, you'll just know. Did ever I, tell you that? I heard. I heard that a few times. That's right. People telling me because they didn't know themselves. <laughs> so were they right? That's of course. I've been married a long time. So they were right. So you, so you, so you knew. I knew. All I right. knew when it was the right time. Okay. Just like my company, I've sold a few of them. Well, you, 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 and I knew it was the right time. That big check was dangling under my nose. No loyalty oh. to the company. <laughs> you'll know. You'll know. There's a certain truth to that because you'll, you'll come in and one of the things that we love about small business, and we know many owners out there will will understand this. Is when you go to work every day, you aren't you aren't going to a job. You actually enjoy going to work. You enjoy what you do. Uh, that that assumes you're right. That that assumes things are going generally well. But even if they aren't, you know the the whole idea of mustering up the the effort and the motivation to to. Uh, come to work uh, that's true adam i mean you enjoy it if you don't enjoy it then you better become a candidate for selling your company right because you think about the alternative of well hey do i do, you know even your point jackie if things aren't going so well today well the alternative is what to get out and go work for somebody else oh my god okay well that's <laughs> it's got to be a pretty dark day what's going on with you to make that seem like a very appealing idea in terms that's of right. that's you know, giving up your business so but if, if all of a sudden you're coming in 
and th- that thought's been there. Maybe the, the, the joy is not there as much, or perhaps you're slowing down a little bit. Maybe you've, you've been at it for 20 or 30 or 40 years. You're saying, hey, you know what? i got to start thinking, about what do I want to do next? That's a question that people often don't ask. They'll, they'll ask you, well, hey, when are you going to retire? And that's 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 probably the the, the the best way to pick a fight with an owner, or, or the, one of the worst things to ask them. That's what are you trying right. to kick me out of here? That's right. I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm going to guess most people aren't made for retirement, especially a business owner. You know, he he or she's going to, in all likelihood, start another venture, start another business once they sell it. Uh, retirement kind of uh, implies that you're just going to put your feet up on the on the on the hammock, read a book, play golf, play bad golf, by the way, and go out to eat a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I've never experienced. I never truly experienced retirement, and I don't want to. I, I really don't. So I think I represent a lot of people. So you're who painting. Have choices. You're painting such a wonderful picture, of that Jack. I'm not sure how people aren't rushing out now and retiring. No, they should come, be coming out and buying companies so from bad, those people bad who are golf, sending. They want it's the right time to sell. Bad golf, eating too much, hanging out in Romeo groups. That sounds fun. What is a Romeo group? Adam? Well, to we come bringing, back, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Are sex into this again? No, no, we got Romeo groups. You got to stick around after the break. We'll talk about what Romeo groups are and why you probably don't want to be part of them, even though you might be a part of one right now. So stay tuned. We have more discussions <laughs> about how do you know it's time to sell your business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Yes, we are. All right. We'll have more Dirty Secrets of Small Business after this uh, short break. So stay tuned here on uh, Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. All right. We are live here in Willoughby, Ohio. Beautiful Wednesday evening here on, uh, what is it, May 16th. May 16th. All right. I'm Adam Salter, by the way. That's Hello, Adam. That's Jack I'm, over uh, there. I'm Jack Mancini. Well, you're Jack over there. There are. Where? It's like Jack in the box. All right. That's correct, though. So we left. We we're talking about what we're not, which is Romeo's. Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, Romeo? Wow. What are Romeo's? So it's, a, it's an acronym. R O M E O Romeos, and if you've if you've been to <laughs> picture eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning at your local coffee shop, could be like a Panera Bread or Dunkin' Donuts. It could be your local McDonald's. You look around, you'll see tables full of Romeos, mm. Romeos everywhere, and these aren't folks dressed up like Shakespeare's character, but these are retired old men. Eating out. Romeo. Hey, that spells Romeo. Retired old men eating out. That's good because there are plenty of them. They're everywhere. And if you now, now that you're aware of this, <laughs> they're everywhere. you're going you're gonna <laughs> to see them everywhere. And there, there are some women's groups are like this now as well. What are they called? Women we eating know. out. We don't know. We have a name for that. We don't have a cool name for that yet, Jack. We'll have to think okay. one before the end we'll of the show. To, okay. Retired. Those can't be Romeo. We'll think of something. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. But here they are talking about stuff, and they can be very depressing. So, fortunately, I'm not at that age yet where I have friends and colleagues who are inviting me to these things. But I know Jack, you have had uh, a few folks have talked about it, and we'll walk into these places sometimes, and it's like, you know, 
Jack knows the bunch of people that are there because he went to high school with them or, or college or he used to work with these guys. And uh, they'll often try to drag him in a little bit and, and, and talk and kind of bend his ear. And, and he can't get away fast enough usually from these groups. And when you're painting the picture, Jack, of, uh, of retirement in, in the prior segment, I think that's part of what the owners often will see is, what do I do? Well, yeah. that's what certainly that comes along. I mean, that question has to come along. Uh, when when people say the right time to sell is is because I want to retire, I don't think that's quite the right definition. Um, they want a change. They want a big change. They're tired mentally, probably physically, if they're, you know, getting up in years over seventy-ish and. And they want to change. They don't want to stop working. They just have to adjust for something that's more ideal for their particular situation. So the right time to sell is when you're, at, you know, when you're at that mark. And only you know when you're at that mark. Nobody else does. They can't tell you this arbitrary age of 65 is a lot of nonsense. And the right time to sell a company vis-a-vis I want to retire is when you want to make a change and step out. And that could come at any age, quite frankly. So retirement isn't one of the best gauges. It's often used to describe why somebody wants to sell their company. Uh, Adam, it's time for me to retire. No, that's just a, a word that's thrown out there because they, they don't have a good definition of why. Or they sound like a complaining machine with all their aches and pains. So if they're retiring because they're older. So two very important questions we've touched on here, Jack. One is, why do I want to sell? And getting very clear on that. And then what what will I do next? Mm. Those are two key questions that you as the owner have to get clear in your mind. And we have a very great example of this. A, a client, there was a client uh, years ago for a number of years. The original reason the owners wanted to sell is that they had fallen out of love. Now, they weren't married. They were They, they were related, and they became unrelated, but... You know, they, they grew the business and they just it got to the point where they weren't yelling and screaming at each other. They just couldn't stand to be around each other. So they kind of ignore each other. And so they said, hey, you know what? This has been, you know, it's been okay. It was, I think it was a 12-year run at that point. I said, hey, you know what? We got to get, get we, we're done. You know, we, we can't be partners anymore. Okay. And so we got in and got involved. And what happened was they wanted us to give them a sense of what the company was worth and what the process to sell would look like and all that kind of good stuff. And they started to do that. We explained to them that, well, here, here's a value for the company. But the problem is that value includes the two U's. You know, like the two U's? You know, like hey, the two U's, hey. huh? That's it. Two two U's. The, the, the two U's got to uh, gotta stay with the business, right? And so, you know, and you need to work for somebody for a couple of years because the last thing somebody's going to do is come in and pay a bunch of money to the two of you and then let you walk away because a lot of the knowledge and know-how and, and skills and experience and the, and the customer relationships are with the two of you. So you can't just walk away because you are the business, which we have found, Jack, you know, I don't have a number on it, but my guess is it's probably been two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of the companies we, that we see when it comes to small business. That's a similar case where the owner or the owners are the business, and if they walk out, the business goes. they leave. Yeah, the business That's goes right. with them. That's the, the core of the value of it. So, a lot of them don't realize that. They, a lot of business owners don't realize that building an organization of people, having your replacements, uh, being groomed for years, if, if you can accomplish that, where you could step away and the company wouldn't miss a beat, 
that's where real value is created with a small business. And don't kid yourself otherwise, or else you have what Adam is talking about. The owner of a small business who builds it up, he or she leaves, the company's value goes right down the tank. So, so you have that three-letter word. What is that? J-O-B. J-L-B. J-O-B. Job. Oh, oh my God. That's, that's right. worse than a four-letter word. Okay. <laughs> we can't say that. But you made a point here, too. I did? Oh, falling good. out of love. <laughs> falling out of love. You know, you have a partner in your company, and things are going good, and all of a sudden they're not going good. So how so long does that will mean? that last? Is, hold on. So what does that mean, Jack, when you say not going good? Give some examples of what that could look like, because people who may have an idea or may not know no, what No, you that come means. in, it's it's a uh, begrudging hello. You uh, you don't like the way their voice sounds. All of a sudden, their ideas sound lousy. Um, it's, it's a, again, a personal thing. It culminates often into maybe arguments that get a little more vicious, a little more personal. Uh, the place isn't fun to come to anymore. So you're almost describing like a bad marriage, Jack. Jeez, you, the, know, you the, know, that's about what it is. Right, the sound it? of their voice is driving you nuts. It's like nails on the chalkboard kind of thing. That's, that's right. Okay, that's one. Certainly, that's a that's probably that's probably one of the more common ones where people just they and they, whether they knew each other before or maybe they're related, maybe not, but they all of a sudden being together forty, fifty, sixty hours a week, talking on the phone at night or on the weekends. All of a sudden, it's just too much. Yeah, the the the, 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 the their name comes up on the caller ID. And the hair in the back of their neck stands up. They they, they they can't stand to be bothered with that person or talking to them. That can, it, it, it can get that bad. Yep, yep, it can. It can be more subtle than that, too, where you yeah, just don't have things yeah. to talk about. That's that's right? correct. We've seen that before, too. We had, we had a, a client who the partner spent, what, 24 hours together? Oh. Driving, <laughs> driving, <laughs> driving 12 hours each way to get to get something, and we figured... Man, I said, "Hey, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna figure out a lot of the They're issues you guys pick are having." Up a piece of equipment, yeah, twelve yeah. hours. They had to go up to Minnesota or somewhere, somewhere up north from <laughs> north from Ohio, anyway. And yeah, they. Uh, so we figured this is a great time. We told them, "Say this is a good time if you guys kind of work some of your stuff out. You're 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 locked in the car together to get things kind of figured out." And what <laughs> what what happened? Well, they, he, he said we didn't talk at all. <laughs> what do you mean? How can you not talk at all? Being in a car with somebody for 24 plus hours, at least 24 hours, a full day, and <laughs> that that's an indicator. Eventually, they did split. They're on decent terms, but uh, yes, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't the the, the, the knock them down, drag them out kind of thing, right? But that you know, I'd say the the, the the getting sick of it and almost knocking down, drag them out happens a lot more. But there, there's the more subtle ones, or if the business is not doing well, you say know, when you say things aren't going well, so it could be just something amongst the partners. Well, the company's doing okay, but the partners just aren't, you know, quite getting along. There could be times where also the, the company maybe is not doing so well, and as often the case in times of uh, of stress, you know, people's true colors, their character starts to kind of shine through and starts to be revealed in those tougher situations. And mm-hmm. maybe the partner I thought I had is not the partner I'm seeing now in terms of here we are under some stress, what's kind of going on, and and you know. She's making sure that she gets her paycheck every week instead of hey we you know, we can't afford the paychecks right now we gotta skimp by a little bit make sure we, we you know we pay the employees and we're seeing you know all of a sudden philosophically maybe we I thought we were on the same page or we talked about some of these things but now in in reality it's starting to play out a little differently so maybe you know the the, the way the company is going that could be on the negative side or if we're growing like like crazy 
And all of a sudden, here I am holding you back, Jack. We're, we're taking off, and I'm like a friggin' bowling ball in your pocket. You're holding you back, and you're going, hey, come on, let's go. you got to drag me along. And um, I've been saying since day one that you know that I, I wanted to grow with you. But now we're seeing it, and all of a sudden, I'm getting, I'm getting the yips. The yips. I'm not ready for it, right? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things that can cause things not to go well. And it can, can take on a lot of different kind of facets. And so this client that this where it started, yeah, they had kind of fallen out of love. Now, we, we spent some time working with them. Now, they didn't fall more in love because of that, but they, they, were, they were focused on, hey, the goal of eventually getting out to where they could sell and not have to be part of the company you know, kind of going forward. Well, it so happened that within a few years, the one partner bought the other partner out. The position to be able to kind of do that. And started to expand into some other things. Come back to the, the question of why do you want to sell? Then what do you do next? And started to get in, getting into some other things. Got some other business interests that were out there. Became a little of a, 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 you know, got a farm. Became kind of a gentleman farmer. Started getting involved in some oil, oil and gas industry. So started to kind of expand. So splitting time between the main business and some of these, these other interests to kind of get a sense of what it's like. You get a chance to kind of try it out a little bit. That's you know? right. That takes some effort and thinking and creativity, and a lot of people don't want to do that. You know, you mentioned the world or the word reality, and um, it, it could be time to sell. No, people, owners of small companies often think it's time to sell. They're getting a little fed up with the business, and they want to sell it for $2 million or, you know, whatever the number might be. They have no idea, no idea how to value a company, how to go through that process. And so they throw a number out that basically they want it. They want it because that's what they want. And it's time to sell your business if you can get your price, but chances are you aren't going to. You start to go down that path. And your million-dollar valuation becomes half of that or less than half of that. But yet now in your mindset, you're ready to sell. You want to get out. You want to get out of that company. That's the right time to sell because it's real, and it's got to be real. But the biggest obstacle is what are you going to do once you sell? That's the biggest obstacle. I, I it is. And that's, that uh, that's where we often will, will come in and maybe there's the, the process has kind of started. Hey, I'm starting, you know, you, you, you started this discussion maybe in the last segment, Jack. You gave an example about a client who's, who's got some family and looking to transition, which is, a, which is a common thing. And we often will get involved. That's been talked about often for months or years within the family. They kind of understood or they've talked through it. And some of that process maybe has already kind of started. And one of those un, uh, unasked questions often is, okay, well, you know, what, you know, what are mom and dad going to do if, if, if mom and dad are involved in the business? You know, what are they going to do? And if I'm the kid, I'm thinking, I'm not, hey, I'm not believing you're going anywhere, Jack, because this is what you've been doing, and you know, you've been, you, you've been over top of this for a while, been in charge. And how do I, you know, I, I've put some ideas forth over the years that maybe you shot down for a variety of reasons, and I'm not believing it quite yet that you're really going to take off and you haven't done a good job explaining to me what you're going to do next so I know that hey you have some other interests here there were you know you're going to be coming in every day and looking over my shoulder and the folks who are here are looking at you because you've been the boss for so long you know it's a big deal yep it so, sure is all right we're up, we're up for our last break here we got some more examples to talk about in terms of knowing how do you know when it's time to sell the business so stay tuned for more of that i'm adam sonhalter and i'm jack mancini and we are going to find out the right time to sell your company call us and we'll tell you personally 
That's right. We got yeah, give us a call 440-946-9468. We've got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM and online, wintradio.com. back with a little Jimmy Buffett the son of a sailor maybe something like that ocean something he went to Paris, Paris. he went to Paris all right I'm not gonna see him he's coming I was, here a couple I was weeks. gonna guess air supply, air supply. <laughs> hey they're coming to town soon I know you like air supply I do I like air supply they come with Gordon Lightfoot the, Gordon the, the Lightfoot. dynamic duo that's right be ready to go <laughs> be there all night partying that First show goes on and, at four. And River Dance. Put River, River Dance, Dance in there, too. And Holy man, I've, cow. I've died and gone to heaven. Put them in between. Wake everybody up in between what's going on. Yeah, Gordon Lightfoot <laughs> in between uh, Air Supply. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, that's music. Buddy. We were trying to figure out in the, during the break what you know what songs come back. In case you missed last week's show, you should go back and listen to it. We had a little, we had a little uh, karaoke duet kind of going on. We were talking about this great movie. I saw years ago called Duets. If you haven't seen it, with uh, Paul Giamatti, also known as Pig Vomit. Anybody who's seen the original Howard Stern movie, that's where one of his first big roles. And he was uh, actually the son of Bart Giamatti, who was the the commissioner of baseball for a number of years back in the eighties and nineties. But he's in it with Huey Lewis. Who doesn't love Huey Lewis, right? And Huey Lewis in the news, and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. What kind of a name is that? For Huey a Group. What? Huey Lewis in the news. You got the news, man. They're all about come it. They're on, newsworthy. Come on. How do you defend these guys? But They're it's a, bozos. It's, it's a great cult movie that, talk, that, that kind of gives you some a sense of what it's like to you know, to be in karaoke, <laughs> and they, these folks travel <laughs> around, the, around the country. It's a funny movie. It's, yeah. there's, there's, there's some great scenes in there. Okay, you, I'll take. You'd your enjoy word it, for Jack. It. Trust me. All right. Anyway, so we're not talking about that. We're, we're talking here tonight <laughs> about how do you know it's time to sell? And give us some different examples of what's kind of going on, and. Important questions to ask, right? Right. That's what we're doing. All important stuff. (laughs) And what we talked about, too, is you're alluding to it, Jack, before. Okay, how do you know what the company is worth? And so one of the the things we talk about and focus on as part of our coaching process, it's one of our seven keys to success, is to present. And how do you present the company? And as you present the company, that can mean a lot of different things. But if you're presenting it to, you know, whether it be your employees versus a potential buyer of your company, to investors, to the bank. There's ways to present. And if you think about it, picture, again, if we ask this question, let's flip it around. Instead of asking, well, what's your company worth? Well, what if you were going to look to buy somebody's company? Well, what do you, how do you determine what their company is worth? That's right. You know, what stuff would you ask for? It's not a, well, I shouldn't say that. It's not a, it can be a complicated process un, unnecessarily. It can give you a ballpark. You can, you can come up with a ballpark figure on your company in five minutes if you, you understand the process. Um, you know, a full-blown one that has to be used in any litigation or court hearings or estate uh, issues, you know, those basically uh, have to be done by an independent third party and they can cost uh, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to be done. But uh, you can ballpark your your uh, company's value by understanding what your balance sheet and profit and loss statement is for a period of a couple of years. Well, a great, a great resource, Jack. Let me jump in before I forget. A great resource we, we touched on years ago is a book called, I think it's literally called The Rule of Thumb, or The, or the Rules right. of Thumb. Yeah. And it's, again, it's, you know, at that point it was in a book. I'm sure they still print the book. It's a couple inches thick. But they had, uh, for every industry you can imagine, 
Yeah, by what's known as uh, SIC codes or the NAICS codes, which are ways that companies are classified. I'll give you examples of here's kind of rule of thumb. It's, you know, for companies in your industry, they typically will sell for a multiple of, you know, let's say a multiple of two or three times cash flow versus, you know, one times revenue. They'll give you a sense of what Jack's talking about. That book, you know, I think back in the day was a couple hundred bucks. So, you know, for a relatively modest investment, you can get a sense of here's how, you know, things look and get a, and get a quick sense about it to at least have a sense of how things kind of work. Um, yeah, but, rather than say, hey, I, I want a million dollars for my company because I've decided it's time to get out. Well, your company won't fetch anything close to that. You look up the, the little formulas and rules of thumb in the book rules of thumb, and you're, you're going to be able to focus and, and understand much better what your company is worth and probably why. And one of the things you'll probably see in there is a term you won't see anywhere else, which is they may call it owners or they'll call it sellers, discretionary cash flow. Uh-oh. So yeah, owner, no, no. owner discretionary cash flow or I seller discretionary cash flow. I had to do it flow. with the big words. I was so coming back to the fancy three words pants, in one sentence that nobody can understand. <laughs> yes, I know. It's all those multisyllabic words. This guy trying to flap his yams. All right. <laughs> so keep it real simple. Let's bring it down and dirty. What are we talking about here? So you, as the owner, have have availability to certain um, you know certain amount of cash in the business. I'd say those guys would never use those three words. We'd find some other words to use. <laughs> How about Go cash on. money? Go on, cash so, money. So as, is good. So, so as the owner, you're taking compensation out of the business. It could be in forms of salary, <laughs> bonuses, distributions. You could be also paying for your car for your your cell phone for groceries. There's a lot of things that you can run through the business that, that many. Owners of small companies do well; they'll expense it as part of the company. That's you have discretion how that money is spent because you own the company, all right? And so, what you want to do is you want to look at what that number is. And so, not you know the fact that you know, and you've got certain profits. So yeah, that money's been spent on stuff that you like. The new guy coming in may not want to spend money on stuff that you like, so he'd have that that cash available to him to do other things. So it, it basically becomes part of the valuation process, rightfully so. Yeah, and most people, what you don't want to do, maybe this is more important to present, don't necessarily present, here's my tax returns, Jack, and don't you make a valuation based on my tax returns because we know 9 out of 10, if not 9 out of 100 business owners are trying to minimize their tax payments. So they'll expense whatever they can expense to get, to get stuff run through to reduce that net income or profit number when it comes to a tax return because they, they, they want to minimize how much they have to pay in taxes. So that may not, you know, that tax return is often not necessarily an accurate reflection of what the true cash flow of the business is going to be because there's a lot of things that, that might be running through that business that are expenses, that are, are legitimate expenses, but they aren't maybe, maybe necessary for the running of the business. It's just how you as the owner run the business. Mm-hmm. So in any case, when you, if you hear that term, again, it's a fancy pants term, but it's something that you want to understand. It's not like EBITDA. It's not only your favorite term, Jack. Oh, my God. But, EBITDA. again, the whole idea of owners. Sounds like a disease, doesn't it? <laughs> they, have, they have pills <laughs> or shots for it, so it's okay. But if you hear somebody talking about that, it's again, it's cash flow. Cash flow is a big deal. I think most owners understand cash flow. At the end of the day, what kind of cash flow does a business have? And so that's why we encourage our clients who own companies already to go out and look at potentially acquiring somebody. They're gonna they're gonna get a chance to kind of go through this process a bit and understand how to ask those kind of questions, get a sense of what the company is worth. It's gonna help them understand what their company is worth as well. It's a very important part of the process. So you know, understand what that's gonna be because we will often we've coached a lot of people how to do this, 
And when they give that price, like you gave Jack, hey, I want two million bucks. We always say, okay, well, then very politely ask them, hey, would you mind sharing with me how you got to that number, Jack? That's and, right, and most most can't do that. Most well, can't come up with that. They'll number tell you though. something, but we can't tell you what they're going to tell you. And we've heard lots of great yeah. stories over the years. It had nothing to do with the cash flow or the value. Hey, I, that's what I think it's worth, or that's what I invest in the business, or that's what I owe plus this, or that's what I need, whatever it might be. That's what I, you know, that's what, what I want. That's what I want to go, you know, <laughs> invest in a condo in Florida, whatever it might be. They have they have some reasoning, or they'll, they'll give you some reasoning for it, but often it's not nothing to do with necessarily the the, the value of the company. So the presenting part of it. So here you are trying to present your business, put your put your you know your best foot forward, so to speak. There's ways to go about doing that in terms of presenting what your true cash flow is going to be in the position of the company, what kind of goes on. And if you're looking for a way to kind of guide that presentation, nothing better than looking. If you go to our go to our website, maximumvp.com, there's a, a tab there called the MVP Playbook. Click on that, and you'll see you'll see a link for the seven keys to success. The seven keys to success is a great little guidance or guideline in terms of what to present and talk about when you're presenting your company. And what you don't want to do, you mentioned, I think, this in the earlier segment, Jack, you don't want to just kind of put that all out there in day one. You need to make sure people sign a non-disclosure agreement or confidentiality agreement because you're going to, you're going to be sharing with stuff with them that, that, that's 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 confidential part of your business that you don't want them to take and do bad things with, you know. Um but it's key to be able to present and talk about your business, mm-hmm. not just how great your product or service is going to be or how much you love the business, but to talk about it in terms of business terms. We could teach people that pretty well. In fact, we've done it to, how is it fair to say, certainly 100 people. Is it hundreds? But how to present your business. You know, we have on our, on our website a, uh, uh, a coaching evaluation. How many questions do we have on there? 22. 22 questions that you you answer and will determine if you're coachable or not. And it's a very uh, interesting, interesting quick survey. You should take it. You should uh, give us a call. We'd love to chat with you too. We, we have a lot of fun doing our coaching and we make our clients much better than they are. And a big part of what we do with that coaching is we get to that point, and uh, we're almost finished up here, Jeff. I know early on people would talk about, you know, they'd ask, how do I, how do I know that I'm done with the coaching process? And Jack and I would, would, would say very straight face, well, we'd get to the point where we could run their company. And they'd say, well, come on. You don't know anything about pick the industry, right? they say, it doesn't matter. If that's your, your main value is, is the understanding of the, of the product or service, you have a job. You aren't running the company. You, you aren't doing the things that, that, that require it to, to be run properly, nor are you opening it up to have the, the most people come and look at it to be able to get the most for your company if you are going to sell the company. Because if somebody has to have a certain product or you know, knowledge or skill, that's going to limit that market real quick. So you try to build a business to where anybody could come in and take it over. So That's right. That's the objective. That's where the real value is. All right. As I don't know, the time does seem to go by faster in this booth, Jack. I don't know, in this studio. So uh, thanks again for being part of the show. Uh, it's been a great hour with you here talking about how do you know when it's time to sell the business. If you want to get a hold of us when we're not here live in the studio, you can do that. Email is great, radio at MaximumVP.com. You can give us a call, 877-849-0670. And you can get, if you missed part of this show or any of the other shows, again, you can get that on the archive section of WINTradio.com. Or go to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. And while you're there, leave a review. It would be great. Learn more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. 
Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com. Some people call me the space cowboy, yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. 